So as you hear these words out of the book of Acts, these very familiar words, again, look at the recreation that goes on. The recreation. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Holy wisdom, holy word. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. I think for many of us, we remember the day almost as though it were yesterday. One of the things that we're trying to do now is just to engage a number of different senses, is to bring a piece of art into worship each Sunday. And have you just experienced that piece of art? And what's been amazing with this one is how different it is for everyone. And what you see in conversations with folks uh, who see this as, in some cases, a tree of light. In some cases, it was the descending of the Holy Spirit into the river. In some cases, it was a mushroom cloud. In some cases, it was fire beyond a heat that we could imagine. But today, I wanted to represent a number of different things. Maybe the memory of that day, but also of a healing fire, of a healing spirit that descends through whatever it is that we go through and engages us in order to change us, in order to change the world. As I said in first service, I asked folks to turn to one another and to talk even just for a few moments about where they were that day. I can remember it like it was yesterday and couldn't believe I thought it was a movie playing on television. Early in the morning, I was watching the news and everything changed in a moment. And I knew that where we were headed was to the church which housed about 135 children. And I remember walking classroom to classroom to classroom trying to see how they were doing. And what was so interesting is how parents had differently interpreted the needs of their children. For some, they felt the need to be very graphic with their children about what had happened and how disturbed those children were in the midst of that explanation. We had them draw pictures, and, and some of them drew just graphic things. And these were kindergarten and younger. 
But I think the thing that sticks out most for me was the phone call that I got from my younger brother who lived eight blocks from Ground Zero. Eight blocks. He recalls hearing the jet fly over and then the explosion. And it wasn't just an explosion. The whole ground shook underneath him. And then not that much longer, as he and his partner left their apartment and went to the roof, they saw the other jet fly overhead. They didn't see it hit the building, but they certainly heard it hit the building. And Dave being Dave, he and Justin both rushed out of their building and literally ran those eight blocks to try and see what they could do. It took them long enough that they saw the first building go down. For them, as the second building collapsed, for them, it wasn't so much about what had happened. And if you knew David, you would understand this clearly. He didn't think as much about what had happened as much as he thought about what the needs were right in front of him. And so he and Justin leapt into the middle of this and began to, with their hands, dig. And you can imagine the billowing dust that was still encasing that whole area. And I remember him looking at those first responders and trying to figure out what he could do for them. And he and both Justin and others, hundreds of others, went out to find water for those who were coming in, particularly the firefighters and the police, knowing that they had lost loved ones and colleagues and friends in the midst of that collapse. And then they looked around as people were streaming by them as they were searching for the water. And one of the things that Dave would talk about later was the surreal sense that everyone looked exactly the same. That everyone wasn't black or white, wasn't African-American or Caucasian, that everyone was a yellowy beige covered in the dust. And then he went on from there, as did thousands of others, to try and do whatever they could to either explain or to put up pictures and explanations or pictures and descriptions of loved ones or David being David, getting in the face of those who were ranting with hatred in the midst of it all. David is an associate dean at Columbia University and he moved that day from being dean to being chaplain. This is a man who hasn't been in a church for a very long time, but found himself in the midst of this, trying to explain to those young students what was going on and trying in the midst of it all to bring some semblance semblance of hope, some semblance of understanding, and some semblance of peace in the midst of these tragedies. It changed him. It changed him. And he will never be the same. But I think we can say that for almost everyone. We will never be the same. As those memories percolate up for you, my hope is that what percolates in you is not fear, but is the opportunity that lay before us of making sure that this never happens again. Unless you believe that I think that is a militaristic response, if you knew me at all, you would know that I do not believe that. In as much as I believe that the military is a necessity, 
What is going to change this is not that. Because what that creates is a response and this response and this response. They absolutely, we need them there and I praise God for them every day as they protect us and seek to bring peace throughout the world. But what will change the world is love and acceptance of working together hand in hand in very similar ways as what we saw yesterday beginning at 5 o'clock. And let me describe for you what we witnessed yesterday. It was truly magnificent. And then came the worship service. Because before we worshiped together, what we became a part of was the Muslim afternoon prayer. And I watched in absolute wonderment, overcome with the belief as sisters and brothers of a different faith worshipped this same God, bowed before God, spoke and sung their prayers with not just their hands folded, but with their whole bodies, kneeling prostrate before God, lifting their hands and bringing their hands in front of their faces, asking for the Spirit of God to descend upon them. And I watched in wonderment after the service as we became family together. We were served a meal that was incredible. And I knew that I had to go pick up our daughter. And you know what? They wouldn't let me leave until I had a, a, a plate of food. We were family. You might be hungry, one of them said to me. But it was so beautiful and poignant as we worshiped together to hear prayers in Aramaic, to hear prayers of Islam, to hear prayers of Christianity and of Judaism. And what struck me in the prayers, friends, what struck me in the prayers was that they were so much alike. At the end, Toward the end, one of them talked of a prayer out of one of the holy books of Islam that says something like this. If one of us loves another, we bring God's creation into light and God loves that. If one of us harms even one other, we bring God's disappointment and do harm to the whole world. Think about that. And in the midst of that, I recalled last Thursday afternoon. What an incredible day. Now, I got there at about 2.15 out at the build. And by that time, I have to admit that Dave Sanford was walking a little more slowly than I think he did at uh, 8.30. But you know what? The man never faltered, nor did Rich nor did Ted, nor did Daryl. Those are the folks that I knew at the build that day. And what was incredible to me was watching them work together, as I said earlier, of, of experiencing them working together. It was 90-plus degrees on that third floor, framing in the absolute sunshine. They didn't smell great. 
But what was so intriguing to me was the smiles, was the fact that they were able to joke with each other. And yeah, they included me in some of that. They don't know me that well, but they had obviously shared some incredible history together of building together before. And then I looked around and beyond Dave and Daryl, beyond Rich and beyond Ted, were a group of younger folks, younger than any of us, who were also sweating, who were also faltering a little bit in the heat, but for whom this was a joyous, joyous day, as was Friday, as was Saturday, and as will be this week. I was so moved by Mike, the AmeriCorps worker, and we had some opportunity to chat with each other. He is not necessarily a man of a faith that would be defined by any kind of dogma, whether it's Muslim or Jewish or Christian. But he is truly a man of faith. Of faith. He is a magnificent human being who is seeking, like my brother did that day, to just do what is good for others in the midst of the challenges that surround all of us. And he speaks it with such bright affirmation as he and his girlfriend relate their differences with each other, but not out of hatred and not out of just absolute disagreement, but out of a joy of knowing that when you disagree, when you may come at this from different places, that you do, in fact, sharpen each other as steel on steel. You do, in fact, the more you love, the more you accept. And even in the midst of that disagreement, it is in those times and in those relationships that we become changed. We become changed. 9-11 changed us. It changed us. But my hope in the midst of that change is that it's not about hatred or revenge. It's not about any of that. What it is is about redefining ourselves, knowing now what the world is capable of again. Not getting caught up in what happened after Pearl Harbor to our dear sisters and brothers of Japanese descent. Not getting caught up in somehow trying to judge others, but in working into deepening relationships with each other so that we might more clearly understand. And for us as Christians, I love how my dear pastor brother from Newport Press brought the Christian perspective. And he brought it from St. Francis of Assisi. Listen to these words again. And may they define who we are. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, let me sow pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, let me sow hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not seek to be so much be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in forgiving that we are forgiven. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Let me close with two quotes from Gracious Christianity, the book that we have been focusing on for these last couple months. 
as I pumped up, or as Nicholas pumped up that soccer ball, the image that I kept getting and what I was trying to provide was a, a visible opportunity for us to understand how the Holy Spirit works in us if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. That when we engage with the Holy Spirit, we become what we were always meant to be, not a deflated human being, but one filled, filled with the power that allows us to go beyond, filled with the power that allows us on a very hot day to work for one family or two or four or millions. Here's what they write. The Holy Spirit comes to make us more human more fully alive and more energetic. The Spirit makes us more aware of the truth of goodness and the beauty that exists in the world. We are made aware of those places where those things are lacking. Where life is full, the Spirit inspires us to celebrate that fullness. Where life is threatened or oppressed, the Spirit calls forth compassion and gives us the power to endure pain and to seek change. And then in response to the prayer of St. Francis, they write, Perhaps better than any other statement outside of the Bible, the prayer of St. Francis lays out the pathway to gracious Christianity. It describes the way of life to which the Holy Spirit calls us and the life for which the Holy Spirit gives us power and strength. It is needed, friends. It is needed in each one of us. And so this morning, I want to pause one more time. And I want to thank God for those responders like Matt, who took on the mantle of protection for us as a nation. And the mantle of protection for those who are struggling throughout, throughout the world. I am thankful for those like the AmeriCorps workers who come in and literally give themselves for years to the work that needs to be done. I thank God for those like David and for so many thousands and now tens of thousands of others who give their lives to bring hope and love and encouragement. And I thank God for Aldersgate United Methodist Church for the spirit in which you choose to do ministry in a world of need. That not only do you take out and take on things like Sophia Way or Crossroads or so many of the other things you do, but that you are here for each other in times like 9-11, where you can struggle together in what that means, but where you can also unite your voices, your hearts, and your hands in trying to to provide places of love and hope and acceptance. It is what we do as Christian people. And what I found yesterday, again, it is what we do as people of Islam. It is what we do as people of the book, the Torah. It is what we do as people of Christianity. So I ask that we stop. One more time, and we pray. God of all, 
we seek to be filled with you by the promise that you gave that day of Pentecost to fill us and allow us to become what you need us to be, what you desire us to be, and what you meant for us to be. Fill us up with that power. Comfort us in the midst of terror, but motivate us to take actions that bring your love, your shalom, your peace to this world. Help us to see clearly our role as now we turn and begin this new program year. Guide us all. All of this we ask in the powerful name of the one we seek to follow and serve, Jesus Christ. Amen.